What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Laughlin. I'm Jim O'Laughlin. Dad, how's it going, folks? Dad O'Laughlin. Dad O. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. This is the Christmas special, 2020 Christmas pandemic Christmas special. Kind of crazy that we have done this for a year. And I remember from last year how fun it was, too, that we were doing that stuff. Nuts. Yeah, except we could do it in person and we didn't. <laughs> we weren't working remotely. And, right. But yeah, this is, we're only doing one this year. Last year we did two, but we may have something special coming up. We'll have to, you know, you'll have to <laughs> listen Easy. for that and keep an eye on our social media page to see if we're doing, if uh, what we're going to be doing special for the holidays. But this is the 2020 holiday special where we talk about some Christmas songs. And I am going to be talking about the song, I Believe in Father Christmas by Greg Lake, which is kind nice. of, has kind of an interesting story to it. And I, I think there's some really fun stuff to talk about with it. What are you doing, dad? I'm doing. You know, all, he hasn't told me what he's doing. I don't know what song you're doing. I'm doing All thing. Alone at Christmas by Darlene Love. That sounds up, uplifting and happy. No, it uh, actually is. It's a really okay, good, good song. <laughs> and it's actually from soundtrack. So you, you have seen it, believe it or not. Okay, cool. So why don't we get into yours first? Do you, is there anything that you want to say before we listen to it? I can just set the table for you a little. I mean, it's from Home Alone 2. It's very, um, it was written by Steve Van Zandt, so it's very uh, E Street Bandish. So you know how much I love Springsteen and and that kind of sound and all. But um, the reason I did it wasn't so much because of, of that. It was because um, I think that people need to either discover or rediscover Darlene Love and what an unbelievable voice and, and presence she has. She's been a backup singer for years and years and years and years and uh, I think um, has a late in life kind of, um, you know, kind of being in front of the mic instead of, you know, behind the, in the background. Uh, and this song just kind of talks about well, just not not talks about, but this song kind of uh, showcases um, her unbelievable pipes that she has. Unbelievable voice. So strong. Cool, cool. Well, here's a little preview of it. All right. So there's a little snippet. Go to the Spotify playlist, the official You're Not Listening Spotify playlist, or click the link in the show notes for the YouTube Link and listen to it, and then come on back, and we will talk about it. Did right? she sing the song at the beginning of Christmas Vacation? Uh, maybe because it sounds like it. Maybe I think so. I think so. We can we can check that when there's second, like the cartoon so. intro. Yep. to that movie. It sounds like that. Song. I mean, she she did um, "Baby Please Come Home," the original. Mm-hmm. You know, back in in the eighties when they first when it first hit, I don't remember the the exact year, but um, in sixty three when when it first came out, and then in the eighties when when U two and everybody else and everybody started kind of covering Bon Jovi's covered that, mm-hmm. it kind of became a a, a, um, a staple for a lot of the the current. That's one well, of Sam's favorite Christmas songs. Huh? That's one of Sam's favorite Christmas yeah. songs. And she and she it was originally supposed to be for um, the Ronettes, Ronnie Spector, and, and that group. But but she had such a powerful presence and a voice that she stepped in and did it and and that that's kind of been her calling card for years. So she does a Christmas special in New York City every year and it's always kind of showcased around that. Obviously, it's a little different. I think it's um December fifth this year. It's um, virtual, obviously. But so she's kind of been known for that. But think Phil Spector. Think you know. Um, well, the E Street Band performed on this. The it was all the, the uh, all the backup vocals and and um, the instrumentation and the music is all E Street Band, yeah. So you know Clarence Clemens, rest his soul, and you know with his sax solo and 
Danny Federici as well, um, and then Max Weinberg and Gary Talent, and written by Steve Van Zandt. They're all playing in it. You know, the mm-hmm. Patty Scalfers backup singer. So yeah, they're all. It's a it's a very strong Bruce presence without Bruce. Right. Um, but but Steve Van Zandt has this mission, which I love of making sure that people don't forget and or rediscover some of the real classic artists of, of the 50s and 60s that still can and should have a career. You know, they put out the pasture, but, you know, doing an oldie set, but boy, they still have some talent and stuff. So he's trying to help revitalize some of their careers. And this is one of them that, that's done that. And obviously the song itself is a, is a love song to New York City. You know, mentioned Chinatown and Fifth Avenue and all that. And this was in Home Alone 2, which mm-hmm. was when he was in New York City Going around, you know, being being left by his terrible yeah. parents, stuck in a hotel, stuck, stuck where in a he hotel. met Donald Trump. Yeah, right, right. And, and then so. there was the the pigeon lady. I remember that that movie really, really yeah. well, actually. More than the first one for some yeah. reason. I, I yeah, I always kind of like that one better than the first. I'm not yeah. a big Home Alone fan. I'm gonna so get, this, I'll probably get some flack for that. But. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not either. You know. So um, this was the first, the one that had I think had a really strong soundtrack. The other one has more of a traditional soundtrack and everything. Mm. But this had some really good rockers in it too. I think Southside's in it and a few other people too. So yeah, cool stuff. So uh, one of the things, I mean. It, it's so classic, Phil Spector, you know, from back in the sixties with with the Wall of Sound that uh, you know that was famous. She was a backup singer, and one of the main singers for you know with the, with the Crystals and the Blossoms, and um, had a couple other like hits. So, but she was in such demand from with with her voice from from back then that you know. And here's the the listing. Are you ready? That she has been in background vocals for all, all these different hits from all these different artists: Sam Cooke, Diane Dion Warwick. Bill Medley, who's the Righteous Brothers, Beach Boys, Elvis Presley, Tom Jones, Sonny and Cher. Um, again, Beach Boys, Blossoms. She's been on. Um, she this the song. He's a rebel. Is is hers. Uh, Bobby Socks and Blue Jeans, which did a song called Zippity Duda from the movie Song of the South, which is very controversial from Disney, and she has a, a, a Grammy from. Uh, excuse me, an Oscar winning uh, song. Um, she did Baby Please Come Home. Like she's always kind of been in the background, but the song like this, I think, puts her right up front um, and and makes you want to pay attention to her. Um, she's been in, in yeah, all kinds of acting voice. stuff. Yeah, like crazy strong. Like crazy uh, kind strong. Of, if you didn't know, hard to tell if it was a, a man or a woman singing that song. You think so? Yeah, really unique. See, um, I, I just know her uh, like, because I've always kind of been a fan, so I see her singing this and right. just like, take the mic away. She doesn't need it. You know, it's one <laughs> of those deals, you know? I know some people like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, she was, she's been in act, she's, she's been in a couple movies. Um, you know, she was, she did a, um, they did a uh, real good documentary that I think got all kinds of awards back in the day. Um, I want to say in 2013 called 20 Feet from Stardom, which is a really good one. Um, if you want to see it, it's up on Netflix. It's a Sundance film. Um, and it's about backup singers that like literally you are 20 feet from, you know, who, whoever the, the main star is. But but if it wasn't for your presence, that uh, obviously the, the wouldn't, wouldn't have the work. same kind of impact yeah. and stuff. And and that's that's been her, I think that's been her, her career for years and years and years until all of a sudden people start to say, wait a minute, she needs to be, you know, out in front. So that, the reason why I chose this, I mean, I love this song anyway and, and the imagery that, that comes from uh, the Home Alone movie, Home Alone 2 movie and all. But also just because I think people need to remember her, you know, not just for Baby Please Come Home, which always kind of comes out at this time of year, um, you know, Christmas, 
Um, you know that one, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody knows it. But it's one of those that um, if you don't know who she is, you could very easily miss her, and she deserves to not be missed. Mm. So, what is it specifically about this song? The song itself that stood out it's to a, you? It's a rocker. You know, I mean, it sounds it sounds sad. You know, like oh, you know, nobody should be alone at Christmas. It's going to be this, you know, this this lover's lament kind of thing. But it's not. That's a great I mean, sing along in the chorus, though. It's cool how that's like highlighted by the background singers, and she never actually sings that part. Yep, and that's very '60s Phil Spector too. Exactly, that, that's yeah, it, it is romance. a '60s yeah. sound, but that's a good, that's a, a really good kind of climb down on that scale. Um, you know, it's like it's a, it's good kind of chanty sing along type yep. stuff, um, and I like how it's. I like how she never even sings that. It's just out of the background, right? So it's like you kind of want to sing along with it, but you don't need to worry about sounding good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it's feel good. It's everybody. You know, smiling, clapping, and and you know, and the hands back and forth. You know, singing the chorus. It's just it has that that kind of vibe and that kind of feel. And then when they take it, this, the second part just before um, Clarence Clemens' uh, sax solo, they they take it up a notch in an octave. You know, which mm-hmm. is so typical, obviously a Broadway kind of stuff. And it's you know, it can be almost looked at as a little cheesy, but I think it works here. I think it you know it brings it up it. to the to the level where it needs to be. Yeah, that's cool. I can't tell if that's a key change or just kind of a transition. Yeah, me too. I like that, that though. That's cool. That is classic Steve Van Zant. If you know any of the stuff that he's written for Southside Johnny for the Springsteen catalog, uh, for his own for his own stuff, that's that's classic. What he takes it up a notch, you know, heavy with the horns, and just hits you in the face with that. You mm-hmm. know, quarter three way, the quarter the either halfway or three quarters of the way through the uh, the song. That's that's classic of what he does, and, and it, it works. It works. And nobody gets that sound except Clarence Clemens on the saxophone. Well, the power that he has behind yeah. the sax is just incredible. I mean, even, you know. It almost it, sounds like he's putting so much air through that that it's like a yeah. little distorted. Yeah, it, it's one of those, uh, if you even listen to the newer sound of, of Springsteen, which, you know, he's put out some really incredible music since, you know, in, in the last 10 to 15 years, you know, and since Clarence and Danny um, had both died, he's still putting out some quality stuff. But. The uh, the sound of the sax, you know, nothing against his nephew who has filled into a, you know an impossible role of right. you know how do you, how do you fill into Clemens Clemens's shoes kind of thing. It doesn't have the same power, you know. And you know, one of the things that that we talked about one during one of the last shows that I was going to do was I was going. In fact, I think I might do it for the my uh, next show for my my next song is uh, King Curtis who um, has an unbelievable sound on his saxophone back in the 50s and 60s, 60s, 70s, I guess. And I think that Clarence Clemens is closest to, to him. But mm. it, it, to, to not to, to not just like fill the horn, but to like blast it out so it has such yeah. a presence on that. I mean, that that's what was big. So, But you you know exactly who you're listening to when you hear it. Yeah, right, right, right. It's you such know, a and, unique and, sound. And that's kind of like what we talked about last week. It's always embedded in one of those like Boardwalk classic rock songs, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I went there again, huh? It's, well, it's like it's the similar sound. It's that Jersey Jersey rock sound from right from the seventies uh, and eighties. Well, and there's no question that this is. A, I I will not apologize for that one with this because um, again, this is 
besides being a celebration of New York and and um, you know and, and all things New York with this, which my other song almost was a New York City Christmas by by Rob Thomas, which I love too, which is another one that a lot of people. I thought you were going to say about. fairy tales of New York. No, I mean I th- that's almost predictable. I think somebody probably yeah. would have expected us or me maybe to do that with the <laughs> Irish piece or you, you know. But um, the New York, uh, a, a New York Christmas, I think it's called. It's, I don't think city's in there in the title. Um, is such a good song, and I almost went that too. But I wanted this just because I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm getting on that bandwagon of the old. We need to make sure people like Darling Love are not forgotten, you know. And she's contemporary. It's not just that she's an oldies. She's an oldies act, uh, and you want to try to remember her songs back in the 60s. Like, the stuff that she's doing now is also very, very, very valid, you know, so. Yeah. But, no, good. I like, it just, it's a, it's fun. It's a rocker. It's it's not, um, it's not Bing and Johnny Mathis and certainly not Mariah, you know, with the typical classes, songs that you hear, the classics on, on uh, this time of year on, on Sirius Radio or whatever you, wherever you listen. But it's it's a good song that I think needs, needs to be added to uh, someone's Christmas uh, playlist. Cool. Cool. What's your favorite part? That transition we talked about at the end where it just kicks into another level. Um, it, it look, I mean, you think about it, this is a closer for a show. You know, if, if this is uh, at a concert, turn the lights up, everybody gets up, you know, out of their seats and sings and dances. And then just when you think it's kind of getting ready to kind of, you know, get ready to end like, oh, no, no, we're going to bring it up a notch. And you're going to dance even more. And again, that's that's so typical Van Zandt. What he does is yeah. just brings it to that another level. And just and, and it's fun. I, I just I just think her voice has such power too. That um, I mean, there's, there's there there are women out there, women um, vocalists out there that just have those kind of pipes. You know, right. Lady Gaga obviously comes to mind. And, and I think for some reason, Darlene Love is is not included in 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 those you know those those same kind of genres of of music. And boy, she deserves to be. Well, she doesn't seem to. She doesn't seem like a like a belter because she's kind of constantly belting throughout the whole thing. You know, it everything feel she's forced. saying is kind of like at, at full force, full volume. Yeah, which is but kind it doesn't of feel forced and pushed. It feels no. natural to you know. No, it's, and it's I have right a song there. on my list. I'm not going to do it for a little while. I don't think, but it's the same thing where it's like it's it's singing some high notes and some powerful melodies while making it sound really easy. Yeah, which is yep. not easy to do. So. Yep. Um, I saw a thing, a video. I want to. Sh- I'll share the video on on our Facebook page, but um, about the, uh, the the Christmas chord and why the certain Chris- songs sound so Christmassy. And there's a certain chord progression um, that is put together. It, it's utilized in White Christmas, the song White Christmas, and Mariah Carey also uses it in All I Want for Christmas Is Uh-oh, You. And now, it's a, no, no, no. Now you've got me. I I can't recall what it is i should have written it down but um it's a certain type of chord progression where when they hit one like i think like the third chord in the progression it just has the he described it as uh like melty like a a specific melting feeling that it gives you that kind of it just gives you it has that kind of christmasy feel to it really and uh that's why a lot of the big a lot of the big famous christmas songs use that chord structure and it's like a jazz chord it's like they 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 write like a rock a standard rock or pop progression, but they put a jazz chord in there that just gives it this feeling um, huh. that kind of makes it sound, for some reason, no, it sounds no, Christmassy to people. Out. So it's really fascinating. I'll share that. Um, yeah, you, I want to find that out. Maybe we can we can share that on the uh, on the page as well. That's yeah, interesting. I'll have to share that. It was fascinating to me. Um, quick part of research. I just looked up the Christmas Vacation song at the beginning is not is not Donnelly Love. It could be, but it's not. It's uh, Actually, it's Mavis Staples okay. from the Staples Singers, which is 
same. Right. I mean, sounds just like it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad and, we cleared and, that up because I just and, kind of assumed. And Mavis would be pleased to know that she was in the same conversation with Darlene and Darlene would be the same thing with Mavis. Staples. Oh, good. Mavis the Staples thing is actually one of my favorite all-time groups and stuff. And, and I, they were on my list of someday I'm going to do that. So respect my, respect yourself is unbelievable. Um, just they're, they're, they're so talented and Mavis Staples has the pipes in the same way, same way. And is, is very well respected in the music community. Awesome. So, yep. Good call on that one though. You're right. They're very close. They're very similar, right? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad it's not just me being ignorant. Good. Um, so, any, anything that, else about this song? Or? Just you know, just it's um, you know, it's a feel-good song. Um, it it doesn't go deep into the Bing Crosby's that you know we I think we talked about a year ago, or um, you know, something different. Um, I think we talked about Brian Adams' Reggae Christmas or Billy Squire. Or, yeah, those are the uh, ones my other song that was really close was um, my good friends. Um, All I want for Christmas is a rock and roll guitar by the Stompers. That was a good one. I want to still bring that up at some point, just because I. I want to kind of showcase them as well. I think they're people that need to be listened to and paid attention to. That's a great Christmas song. Yeah, probably falls into that that same genre as you said. You know, it has that same Christmas chord or whatever the chord progression. So yeah, um, you can ask Sal. It's a song a lot of people don't know about. Ask Sal if he used the Christmas chord. Okay, I will ask him. (laughs) I will ask him. But no, it's good. It's just it's a fun song. It's upbeat. Um, Obviously, the the imagery. And then and the video is kind of interesting and, and cheesy. It's Macaulay Culkin when he's like. You know, a little older than than the first time around. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, behind the soundboard, saying, "Okay, let's hit it and let's you know let's do this song and stuff." And you know, it's, it's a little overacting for all the band members and all. But they they have the imagery from Home Alone Two around New York City with the you know the woman with the pigeon and you know the the the, the uh, Christmas shop mm-hmm. with all the, the toys. Toy story, and, yeah. And and obviously you know fending off the uh, the, the the two guys, Joe Petchy, the Wet Pesci Bandits, one. huh? The Wet Bandits, the Wet Bandits. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if they right. still went by that by the second. I don't know. I don't know. So it's, you know, it's that, you know, because you know how much I love New York anyway. But, you know, the the whole thing that uh, that's it's uh, it's about New York as well from the Home Alone thing. So that that's the one you're right. That's the one I think of when I think of Home Alone more than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, just it's just one of those that if I put together a uh, Christmas play- playlist, which you've probably heard well too many times over the years, and I apologize, <laughs> that's always going to be on it just because I think it's such a good, it's a feel-good tune. Cool. If uh, if you could have anyone cover this, who would it be? And you can't say Springsteen in the E Street Band because yeah, I was going to say Mavis Staples too. Um, they uh, they wrote um, it or they played it. So Lady Gaga, maybe you think so? Well, she's got the you know you've you've got to feel like Katy Perry could legit, do a good job with this song. Katy Perry, yep. You've got to sounds have like the, the kind um, of song pink, that she would do. Pink, maybe. Yeah, you know, it might you, be a little got, too poppy for her. You've got to have the the uh, the natural ability to kind of. To, to push that out there, you yeah. know, interesting enough, you know, when people get to have, have gotten to know her because of um, Christmas, baby, please come home, which from 63 and then everybody, you know, Bono and everybody and his brother have done it since then. Um, trying to think of a, 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 a male to do this. CeeLo Green. Um, who? CeeLo Green. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, someone, right? someone with that natural, <laughs> You know, just needs to to open their mouth and and it comes out and and it's effortless and and it's got to, it's got to sound powerful. You can't, you know, and, and and I I I love and respect the Michael Bublé's of the world and stuff. But you can't have somebody with, with that softer voice or, or that you know that it's got to be somebody with the pipes. Yeah. Um. And CeeLo Green. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Good. But that's it. Quick one. Cool. I'm trying to I'm trying to not talk forever on 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 these stuff. So. All right. Well, no, do I mean, you like we, that song though? 
What's that? Did you like that song? Did, was it something that you didn't expect? No, I I knew that once, finally, once I heard it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like that one. I like the chorus. I like the sing-along chorus stuff. I think that's mm-hmm. always fun. What do you got? Uh, I have I Believe in Father Christmas by Greg Lake. Oh, and it's been covered by like a million Palmer. different people. See, Emma's Lake and Palmer was when I was in high school. They were a big band. Yeah, so, but yeah. Greg Lake wrote it. Yeah. And when you listen to it, I, I listened to a live version of it because I wanted to see how much of the instrumentation was like real and how much was like on a keyboard, you know? Um, right, right. And his voice when he it, when he plays it live is so much more like robust and deep and kind of full. Oh. And it sounds really, I think they kind of dubbed it. There's a lot of effects on his voice in this song. So um, it, it feels a little more the- light. Which may have that, been, and that a, that's the that's the thing that they the Emerson Lake Palm stuff. They used to almost pull it back and all. It was it was very big into the instrumentation and the, the vocals were always secondary with that stuff. So I'm not surprised with that. Yeah. yeah. So so it sounds more robust when he, when it's live. Yeah, because he's just singing it into a mic, so it's like Good. his okay. voice. Oh, so there's not okay. a, not the effects. So here's a little preview of it. They said there'll be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace on earth. But instead it just kept on raining A veil of tears for the virgin birth I remember one Christmas so that's the one. Love it. Go to the official You're Not Listening Spotify playlist or click the link in the show notes for the YouTube video. Listen to it, come back, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, the original wow. version is pretty powerful, right? You know what? And I was just going to say, have I heard other versions of that when, when they're playing it, like typically? Mm-hmm. Was that a live version that you just played? Nope. That's the original nope. recording. Okay. Because I think I've heard different versions of it, and it seemed more, I don't know if poppy's a word or whatever, but Mainstream. not as layered. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, I know the song. I've, I've known it for years. I, I've... um. I've been a fan of you know of him and previous bands for years and years and years, but I never listened to it that intently. Like like really like you know you're not listening. Didn't really sit down and kind of close my eyes and just let the kind of music kind of flow over you and listen to it. Wow, that is that is powerful. That's pretty powerful, right? Yeah. So it says um, it's categorized as a Christmas song, but it wasn't his intention. It's more of like a he said he wrote it as a song in protest at the commercialization of Christmas, which is so typical for a lot of musicians. Yeah. Uh, It says, however, the words are about a loss of innocence and childhood belief. So it's almost like he's using Christmas and the beliefs that you have when you're a kid. He's using that as an example of the message he's trying to send, which I don't think it just doesn't really come across. That's uh, no, a little no, too deep. No. It does. It didn't really work that way. So it just became a Christmas song, which is fine because it's a great Christmas song. And for all you guitarists down there, he's playing this in drop D. So, um, I mean, and if you're a guitarist, you'll probably appreciate that little tidbit. Not that it means anything to any non-guitar players. While the song is against the commercialization of Christmas, it often has been misinterpreted as an anti-religious song, and because of this, Lake was surprised at is at its success. So, pretty interesting song to me. The way that it's the way that it's written and stuff, but there's a couple things that I want to point out. But first, I want to get kind of if you have any other things that you want to point out before I get into it, because I have a few examples that I'm going to play. I know we didn't yeah, get I many mean, examples of the last song, but I have a few specific well, things I want to highlight. I, I think the other one was was simpler. The one we that I, I just brought to the table was simpler and, yeah. and more straightforward. This is layered, man. This is this is yeah, it's pretty. In there's depth. a lot going on here, and you know, at the end, um, when you're talking about you know layering. Um, 
harpsichord on top of the guitar on, on top of the bells on top of that i mean just and then well by the, the end the, it's the basically a full orchestra playing it is yeah and i don't know if i mean i've heard this version but i don't know if that's the one that you hear commercially it's not usually that they'll that they'll kind of they'll bring out once a year with with all the Christmas tunes on all the different stations. But I think there's different versions of it, and again, maybe scaled back or you know, like you said, more commercial, whatever. But yeah, uh, I think this it, there's one's powerful, a man. there's a version by the Starlight Singers and Emerson Lake and Palmer, and those are the ones that you'll usually hear. Really? Okay. I think. All right. There's a lot so of someone... a lot of people have covered this song. I actually have three versions of it on my Christmas playlist because a lot of my playlist is built from like other playlists that I just added. Yeah, a, a yeah. big chunk of songs at once, and then and, I got three different versions of it on here. In <laughs> uh, all, all by Emerson Lake. No, I, I got mean, Greg, by, I by got, Greg Lake. I got Greg Lake. I got the Starlight Singers and Emerson Lake and Palmer. Okay, yeah, same Emerson Lake and Palmer is the band from back when I was in high school. Yeah. that I really love. But yeah, so this is the this is they, the first I didn't know one. They did this. this is the real yeah. one, the the original one. Wow. Okay, I mean, I love this. I love this. It's just. It's so big, especially at the end, but it, it didn't expect it to kind of, I mean, I liked it, the simplification of it with the harpsichord at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, that's why I watched the video because I wanted to see if they had like a harpsichord in there and they were just playing on acoustic, but it, it had a similar sound to it. Again, for you guitar players, specifically acoustic guitarists, it sounds like he had elixir strings on there. Uh, and if you've ever played elixir strings on your acoustic guitar, you, you'll understand what I'm saying. It's a very chimey kind of ringy sound. It's, it's actually very Christmassy. So it, it has that kind of chiming sound to it. And I, I imagine he had some types of string like that because he was able to get that out of his guitar. But th- the recording definitely must have some harpsichord on top of it because you don't get that kind yeah. of sound from an yeah. acoustic guitar. You so just, just by having a different a different style of, of, of strings, you can get that different sound? Not that, Not to that extreme extent, but you can get a different... Yeah, strings are imperative to the tone on your guitar depending on what kind of okay. tone you want. Everybody plays different types of strings depending on what's comfortable for them and what, you know, if they want to do more bending, they'll use lighter gauge or heavier sounds right. have light, right. have heavier gauge. But there's a brand called Elixir and they make strings, these beautiful sounding guitar strings that just, they're very chimey and ringy. Uh, I love the oh, sound of them, okay. but they're not cheap, so I don't play them. <laughs> which, is, which is why if you're playing live, you're going to have three or four or five different guitars. Well, yeah, because they're, they're all going to have different, different tones strings, different, for the different... different, different, different you're you're going to look for different tones or different tunings or you know stuff like that yeah. so yeah interesting and one one thing that i really thought was interesting it's a little bit cheesy cuz he calls it out you know I, I i'm not a big fan of when you like say something and then it happens in a song like <laughs> it's just too on the nose we talked about that <laughs> with one of the country songs you did but he says something about a choir and then as soon as he says it you hear a choir raise up in the background behind him right. i'm just going to play it real quick cuz i i think it's really kind of cool a winter's light and a distant choir The peal of a bell and that Christmas Did you hear it? Yeah, disagree though. That works. Do you want, me to, do you want me to play it again? Yeah, that works. That's not cheesy. It's not. That, that works really well. A winter's light it's just enough. It's cool because it was back behind there, but they kind of rose to the front as soon as he said that distant yeah, choir they kind of yeah. came out front just for like a note or two and then they kind of yeah, no, subdued again no he's he's Very in, cool. he's in a big he's in a big room in the castle and they're like three or four rooms away singing that's what that is it's very cool <laughs> that's the image right? that's just that's the kind well, of creative stuff that i that i really like and it's interesting to me how there's very sparse percussion throughout yes. most of this song and you don't really get too. a lot of percussion until the end when it's like a full orchestra and it's like 
yeah. timpanis and and timpanis, big, right. uh, I was the you same know, thing. handheld yep. crash cymbals and stuff like that, um, yep. which is pretty cool. And then and, another. And I have to go ahead and say no. no, no. Go, the, the only thing I was going to say is like halfway through this, when I had you know I literally had my eyes closed and I was listening to this, I'm thinking. Yeah, this is a Sean song. Yeah, this is why he, he's going to love this. Well, there's stuff. a lot to dissect I, in I, it. No, yeah. I really like yeah. when there's lots of layers, but I like when there's layers that work and it doesn't right. just sound like a, a, a jumbled mess. Right, exactly. Um, I like it when it works. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. I was going to say, I just, just want to get through some of my examples so we have enough time. What's cool is there's not really a chorus to this, or there is a chorus, but the chorus is not, there's no words in the chorus. There's like a pre-chorus and then the chorus is really uh, an old, I don't know if it's, where it's from, but it's a, it's an, an old song called Troika. Uh, it's oh. a Soviet song. It's an old Soviet yep. song called yep. Troika. And it, Troika literally means like a, a four horse drawn sleigh. So it's usually been associated with Christmas time because of that, but it's an old Soviet song. And, uh, that's the dun 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 right. dun dun dun, and so it's interesting that they, that's the reoccurring piece that that's used as a chorus rather than, than a they vocal use chorus. that as a chorus. And that's, it's, Really interesting. I actually remember when I was in high school, we played the song Troika in concert band for our Christmas concert once. And I was like, it was one of those things where it's like, I've heard this. I know this. And then I realized like years later when I heard this yeah. song again, I made the connection. And so right. um, that right. that was really kind of, I think that's really kind of cool how they bring that in. It fits right. really well into the song. So Yeah, that's that's good songwriting and good producing when you think about that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep, this was added at the suggestion of Keith Emerson. Yep, uh, which which is part of who what Emerson Lake and Palmer. Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yeah, yeah. so there you yeah. go. It all, it's all connected. It is. Um, it is. Another thing I wanted to point out is uh, the harmonics that come in around one twenty five. Let me see if I can get that for you. Right there. Did you hear it? You hear that little fill? Just the yeah. guitar harmonics, dun, 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 little nodes. I'll play that one one it more time. It sounded like a hop to me. That was a, that was a guitar, you think? I think so. Yep. Yep. Bum, 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 bum. It's little nodes on the guitar. You can like... Yeah. Right, so you're not yeah. fully pressing down the strings. You just kind of touch the strings in certain spots on the guitar, and you'll get this ringing out of the of the note that it's just a harmonic. And he just that little fill. I I love that. Just wanted to highlight that. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So when you're listening, that stuff that that grabs you, the old whoa. It's just I one of those like listen to that. Again. Those are the kind of things where if you're you'll be listening one time and you'll hear it once and be like, oh my god, I've never heard that. That's really cool, right. and then you go back and listen again. Yeah, and then you can never unhear it because you yeah. And then those the are the time, kind right? of things. Right. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I like to highlight on this show because I think I find that those are the little things that you know whoever wrote like that guitarist or if it's Greg Lake that actually does that, like he loves that, you know, right. <laughs> like yeah, like he was and probably it's so intentional. As soon as he did that, he was like, "This is awesome," and he he either thought, "Oh, people are gonna think that's amazing," or oh, "No one's gonna notice that," but I love it and it needs to be there. Right. You know, so intentional that I hope people notice it because I do and I love it. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so I think that's really awesome. And then the last thing I was going to point out, we kind of talked about just around two minutes and 10 seconds, you know, the dramatic backing music starts to come in and it ends oh. up basically a full orchestra. Powerful. But like you said, it sounds like the orchestra is in the next room. It's not really right. in your face. It's kind of in the background. There's so much effects that are put on onto his voice and 
that I, right. it's a little overproduced by the end for me, especially with some serious echo and reverb on his voice. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Uh, right. It's it's right. almost a little too much for me, but, but that, I think that's a timeline of you know when it was you know versus today, you right, know, right. of when it was released back in the day, kind of thing. But yeah, uh, but but it works because it's so 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 deep. Yeah, it's just really layered, and I like that he has a full, basically a full orchestra playing that, and you don't get that impact live, but they still are able to make it pretty powerful when they play it live. So right. Right. So what's your favorite part? Uh, I honestly think my favorite part is that little harmonic fill. Bum, 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 bum. I just, I love that. I think it's so Those cool. Those four notes. Four notes. <laughs> it's all it takes. So, hey, so, hey, Sean, play this song. Like, okay, I just want to hear this one little part. That's all. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of songs like that. There are some songs that yeah. I love that I'll listen to the whole song because my favorite thing is the last, like, three notes where they end the song. <laughs> Because I think the ending is so strong, and I listen to the whole song yeah. to get there. You know, see, I I like the 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 big ending to this. Yeah, it's um, cool. And, and 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 I have to say, thank you by the way, because I like this version of it too. Mm-hmm. And I like. I'm glad you reminded me that there is a, a better version than the one because you know you, you casually listen to it. You, you know, you put together a, a, your own playlist and, and stuff. And and it would be easy to kind of skip over and and kind of not pay attention to the nuances of this bigger version of it and in this original version versus the one that they, they typically hear. And I, I was just thinking like, because I'm I think that the other one that that's played there's like uh, like a, a little more presence of some of the vocals or the background vocals at the end. It's like I'm kind of missing that. Like that didn't happen, so it must be another version out there that I've been listening. So all of a sudden, it made me think a little different. There's a lot of different so the, versions the, that kind of thanks for reminding together. me to get back to this original one. I can't think of anyone that I would off the top of my head that I would want to cover this. I actually didn't think about that ahead of time. Usually, I put some thought into that, but um, maybe I, I, I hate to say somebody. it. I I really hate to say it, but maybe Coldplay. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no. I was I would I would definitely agree I'm not with that. a big Coldplay guy, but I think they would probably do a pretty good job. David Gray. David Gray, remember him? That was a thing. He yep. was a thing once. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Great great voice. Great voice and and again, very subtle um but I think, you know, has it, it almost seems like the vocal vocalist Greg Lake is like pulling back mm-hmm. a little. Well, that's what you I was know, saying. It doesn't see. it sounds kind of empty and that's probably yeah, the point. Yeah. Yes. So Yep. Well, the way was, the production was 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 done too, because right. maybe it wasn't like that. It's very it's studio. it's heavily produced. There is some yeah. overproduction with it. I will say that um, it's not a flawless song. There is some overproduction, in my opinion. Right, but I think I think like a, a, you know a David Gray would would do the same. But again, you just you just open your mouth and sing. You're not forcing it. It's not going to be something that's going to be super powerful, but it's going to be picked up with the you know with it being a, a little. And I don't know if empty is the word I'm looking for, but but you know with shallow, a little shallow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. And if you think about it, both songs that we did, you know, have, you know, mine is in your face, no question. It's very similar to what you would do for a, um, a Phil Spector wall of sound back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So that wall of sound layering on top of song, you know, that, that, um, that is working. And this one is too, especially at the end. The layers on this are, are, are really crazy. Yeah. So both, in some ways, both songs are similar. Yeah. Which we didn't even, which we didn't even, we didn't even plan. Yeah. Kind of cool. So yeah. that's all I got. Um, but before cool. we finish up, I want to remind everybody to find us on social media. You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at YNL Podcast or find us on Facebook. We are, you are not listening, a music podcast on there. Uh, you can also yeah. email us directly at notlisteningpod at gmail.com and be sure to check out 
Pantheon Podcasts at pantheonpodcasts.com. Uh, it's a network with a collection of amazing music shows. And if you like this podcast, I 100% guarantee you will find some other podcasts on there that you would like as well. So make sure and you we check were lucky enough out. to be invited to be part of that too. That's a kind of exclusive. Yeah, we're uh, we're you know we're in with the the it crowd now. We're 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 in with the popular kids. Kind of cool. We're, we're at the right table at the lunch. I room. also want to just give a shout out to our listeners because I got the stats from Spotify. You know they do the Spotify wrap up thing every year. Um, just kind of want to go through some some stats from our show. We actually had an in, uh, an increase in listenership by 840% this year, which is no joke. <laughs> uh, our stream percentage went up 537%. Our hours listened to went up 451%. And our followers on Spotify went up 267%. So you guys, damn. Yeah, um, you guys. You. What, is, what does that mean in real, real world terms? That means that uh, based on our listenership, in, you know, how many people we had following us on Spotify in 2019, in the year of 2020, that number went, it increased by 267%. Wow. So uh, this is the, it was a year of growth for us and we really appreciate everybody that listens and Thank supports you. us. And if you want to support us more, you can check out the link in our show notes for our Patreon page where you can support us financially if you want and get some cool uh, gifts that way. Uh, as a thank you for your support and the best way to support us if you don't want to support us with money is to leave a rating and review wherever you listen because that helps us get up the charts and into more ear holes so right. that's it right. that's all i got i and got another meeting in a couple in, minutes so we got to wrap it up <laughs> we've been getting notice in different areas that uh have been shared by other folks so it's been really appreciative too. yep we got listens on every single continent except for antarctica Right. So we'll make, make we sure to see if we can make that, that happen. That's a goal for 21, yeah. <laughs> 2021. So. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for listening. Remember to listen to good music, wash your hands, stay hydrated, and don't be a dick. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Take care, folks. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.